Welcome to the Rise of the Ageless Starman. If you are an investor, a scientist, or an entrepreneur, please join us as we discuss about today's innovation and tomorrow's creation. Together we are here to find out how to make humans creative and vital at any age. Welcome to another episode at the Rise of the Ageless Starman. Today I'm thrilled to host uh, Itzhak Dersovich from uh, Centaurix. Hi Itzhak, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. Uh, hi Gil, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm, I'm very thrilled to host you Itzhak um, because of two, two reasons. Uh, one, <clears throat> you're an Israeli startup that is uh, involved deeply in the science of aging. And finally, I have one <laughs> in Israel. The second one uh, is because in our pre-conversation, I uh, understood that uh, today we are going to uh, go deeply into, into uh, stuff that I have uh, touched a little bit in other interviews and today we are going to understand them a lot better and it will uh, open to me a new world of uh, information and uh, it will help me later on in my journey and to my listeners to understand how it all how it's it's all uh, connected to to allow allow ourselves to get into this vision of uh, creating a very long and healthy lifespan. So thank you. Uh, of course, you're welcome. I'm glad to be uh, helpful and I hope that uh, the information uh, I will share and the stuff that uh, we'll discuss today will be uh, useful for a lot of people. Yeah. So it's like uh, start by uh, introducing yourself a little bit and how you uh, how you got into this field of aging. Okay, yeah. So uh, my name is Itzhak uh, Dershowitz. Uh, I am a co-founder and chief operating officer in Centaurix Biotech, which is a startup in Israel, uh, as you said, that uh, focused uh, solely uh, on the mission to slow down the aging process. Um, actually, my story, um, how I got introduced to the aging feed, um, it's going back to my uh, to the end of my uh, bachelor de- uh, degree. Um, so I was uh, supposed to do uh, to give two uh, seminars in, uh, in a few courses uh, in the last year, and I looked for an interesting topic. And I checked uh, some things and I got, uh, somehow I, uh, I was uh, exposed to, um, to the stuff that are, um, that, uh, that are, um, that we have, that we, the, sorry. I was exposed to the uh, aging research and I was, uh, I did two seminars, one on rapamycin, which is a very interesting drug. Mm-hmm. A drug that was discovered in the Easter Islands, um, basically by chance, and uh, later it was discovered that it also 
slowing down the slowing down the aging process uh, in uh, in cells, uh, in even in animals and mammals. And it was uh, very interesting. Uh, the second topic I, I was uh, I was doing was uh, senescent cells and uh, stem cells in the aging process. So I did the seminars. I, I wrote two uh, two uh, uh, seminars for. Uh, uh, for the for the uh, courses, and uh, I was uh, pretty much uh, hooked. It was very interesting. It was uh, really uh, um, interesting to learn that we are uh, we, can, we are starting to understand the aging process, and we are starting to uh, figure out how to um, uh, slow it down or to intervene. And then I was uh, uh, continue uh, to do. Uh, I was continuing uh, for master's master's degree mm -hmm. in uh, neurobiology. It wasn't uh, directly connected to aging, but I was uh, exposed uh, to aging. I was working on a um, uh, neural stem cells and uh, and uh, in in mice actually. And it is uh, connected to aging uh, a little bit because neuro, uh, neurogeneration is uh, actually stopping a few months uh, after, you know, around like six months uh, uh, old mice. And, and actually a friend of mine uh, that uh, studied with me uh, for the bachelor, bachelor degree also was a very interesting uh, in aging. And we got, um, I would say, uh, it was uh, very unexpected and uh, we were uh, very lucky. And he was uh, continue, uh, uh, he actually went to, uh, to do a master's degree in the, in the telomere field and was also very interested in aging. And he was, uh, uh, he met some people and basically what happened that we sat down together he told me, okay, I met some people that are very interested in the field and uh, some of them uh, would be willing to invest if we are, if we are, uh, if you want to do something, if you want to build uh, a company, a startup in Israel uh, that focus on the aging field. And I thought about that a little bit and, uh, and uh, yeah, I said, why not? Um, it was a great opportunity and I'm very lucky for it. Uh, so yeah, we started to build a company. It was like uh, three years ago, in uh, 2018. Um, we searched for a third co-founder. We found someone from the agent field that was uh, working on it uh, for years. Uh, it was uh, actually uh, working uh, floor down from where I was in the university. He joined us as a co-founder and uh, this is what we do now. Okay, and um, <clears throat> like we will we will elaborate elaborate later on centric's uh, centric's strategy. Um, but in general, when you look on aging, what what is your approach or strategy that you that you think will allow us to cure it in the end? And in a nutshell, please explain. What could be a biomarker and why finding uh, one could potentially lead into a cure? Okay, so there's a lot of people in the field of aging and uh, each has uh, its own opinion 
what is the exactly the right strategy to move forward. Uh, I think that um, you mentioned biomarkers. So I think biomarkers are uh, super, super important uh, to advance, uh, to treat people, to advance to the clinic, because uh, if we don't have um, a measure that we can quickly, uh, quickly uh, take from people and, uh, you know, um, estimate at least uh, as, an, uh, as a first indicator uh, if our therapies are working or not, then it's going to be, the whole field is going to be uh, very slow moving and uh, it's going to be very hard to, to do anything in humans. Uh, so I think biomarkers are um, like, needs to be in every strategy, needs to be in a very high place. And I guess uh, for uh, how this field could evolve, maybe uh, some first line uh, medicines or therapies, uh, something more uh, simple like rabomycin uh, that could uh, that sl can slow down the aging process and has uh, shown eff uh, efficacy in uh, mammals, could be the first, uh, the first uh, treatments that uh, comes to, um, comes to uh, humans. And afterwards, uh, more advanced therapies therapies that could uh, actually rejuvenate cells, tissues, and uh, eventually a whole uh, um, person, um, that would be the second line of, uh, the second generation of therapies, let's say. Yeah, can you a little bit explain us what is a bio biomarker, like what could be, you know, um, it's a very general uh, uh, term. And yeah, sure. So uh, the purpose of biomarker is to have a measure. If you have a, something that you want to measure, like uh, aging rate in general, which is a very uh, broad uh, term, you know, aging rate. It's not something that uh, I've ever been defined. And it's, it's something that is very hard to follow because, you know, uh, mice are uh, aged and died uh, uh, after two weeks of life, we are doing it in uh, 70, 80 years. And so actually to measure the aging process itself in humans is very hard. So the purpose of biomarker is uh, to have something that is much easier and, um, and quick that can give you um, an approximate what you really want to know. So a biomarker for aging would be something that I can, uh, I can uh, do some tests and and uh, and and I can get like the uh, the aging rate of a person or an animal or cell culture. So, unfortunately, uh, uh, we have like uh, from uh, 2013, uh, thanks to the work of uh, Steve Overt, we have uh, we have a biomarker agent that's getting. Uh, uh, very uh, popular and very and also uh, there's a lot of research behind it, uh, the epigenetic uh, clock. Uh, so this is an example of a biomarker. You can just take a, a blood test, extract the DNA, measure the methylation, and you get some measure of the aging rate of the person. And you can do it also in uh, animals, and you can also do it in cell culture in the lab in research. And and like how it is like uh, then 
being a, a base to the drug discovery? Like, what's the... How, how does it... Yeah. So, um, the, how we are using uh, biomarkers, and I think a lot of uh, researchers and, uh, and uh, people on the field using this, is uh, we want to be able to measure the aging process, do some um, intervention, okay? And then measure again the aging rate of the uh, cell culture or the animal, eventually humans, and see if uh, our inter intervention is, uh, getting, is uh, taking the, slowing down the aging uh, rate, uh, taking the age of, of, uh, uh, of a person or an animal even back a little bit. So we use biomarker as a measure uh, to see if the um, treatments that we are uh, trying, the interventions we are trying are actually working. Of course, you don't use just one biomarker, you use a lot of measurements uh, to go along with it, but it's uh, very important that you can uh, measure the aging rate of, uh, uh, in the lab and in vivo and in the clinic in the end. Sorry, I can't hear. How, how do you choose like which biomarker to check? Like uh, how do you, do you know if it has a great potential to then help? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, it actually depends on what you're working on. If you're working uh, in the lab uh, um, on cell culture or you're working with animals, but uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, literature on this. So we, the epigenetic uh, clock is a, is a very established biomarker. And there are also um, more measurements that uh, we can take. Uh, so when you're working with cells, it could be like um, mitochondrial functioning, uh, uh, oxidative stress. When you're working with, uh, with animals, it could be like, uh, functioning of uh, certain tissues. And in people, you have also, uh, you have also some uh, blood analytes uh, that, uh, that are connected to aging. Um, but yeah, it's very important to choose the right biomarker. And actually, um, some of what we are doing uh, right now, uh, we are starting to conduct, uh, conduct um, a clinical trial, a diagnostic uh, clinical trial. We're actually um, starting to uh, recruit volunteers right now. Uh, and what we're going to do, we're going to uh, check um, molecular biomarkers, like legacy biomarkers, like the epigenetic uh, uh, clock, population clock. And um, we're also going to uh, measure uh, gene expression and um, a lot of, a lot, lots and lots of uh, blood analytes. And we are also going to do some uh, physiological and clinical tests. Uh, like, is, it, is it open to anyone who wants to, how can you be a participant of such a, a, a trial? <laughs> so you can, uh, it's actually, uh, yeah, it's open to anyone who wants uh, to volunteer. You have to live in Israel, of course, and you have to be yeah. willing to come here in Jerusalem. Uh, to do the test or anything, um, you can just uh, email 
to agent trial at gmail.com. You can also um, you can also um, contact us through the website, and then we can refer you refer you to the uh, to the people who are recruiting the uh, volunteers. And I guess I guess uh, someone can just uh, someone who hear the podcast maybe they can uh, contact you and you can uh, refer, to me, refer them to me or something like that. Yeah. Okay. And can you um, explain a little bit on the frame that the the trial is made is made because it's uh, it's called Health and Key. Community. Yeah, yeah. So in order to um, <laughs> to do a clinical trial, you have to go through the um, ethical committee. Yeah. And so we are working with uh, Professor David Leibovitz from uh, Hadassah Hospital in Jerusalem, and the trial is uh, approved by the Helsinki Committee in Hadassah, which is uh, responsible for, for approving every uh, clinical trial that is. Uh, the that is conducted in uh, Adassa. Okay. So it's like um, some critics on biomarkers biomarkers approach say that they can give a very narrow or locally understanding on on uh, on aging compared to the systematically complex problem it is. What do you have to say to those who think so? Yeah, so that that's uh, definitely um, something to be concerned about. And but I have I have a few things to to say about it. First, we don't really have a choice. We don't really have anything better than using biomarkers because, like I said before, to to actually measure the aging uh, process itself, it's not feasible in short time frames in humans. Okay, uh, so we don't really have a choice. But what we can do to, to be sure that without uh, measuring, you know, like a very narrow um, uh, part of the aging process, uh, first we can, uh, I, think, I think that that in the clinical trial that we are doing, we're trying to look at a lot of markers, a lot of uh, measurements and, and um, study the interface between them and to understand which biomarkers are going together and which biomarkers are uh, doing something different. And there's a lot of research. I, of course, this, this, uh, this kind of things uh, would be, you know, there's a lot more research that uh, needs to be done on the matter. Uh, but if you, if, you can, if you see that a biomarker is uh, measuring something. Uh, it can be uh, it can be predictive of uh, let's say general uh, health conditions, uh, mortality, and if you are doing some intervention that is known to slow down to slow down the aging process, and you see that the biomarker is uh, every time or almost every time is also uh, slowing down uh, slowing down uh, uh, when you do those uh, interventions. I think that. Uh, you can um, conclude that the that the, the biomarkers uh, is doing the most important job that it needs to be done uh, that it needs, it needs to do, which is you know to be able to tell us 
if we are intervening in the agile process, is the biomarker um, responsive uh, and can it be uh, product? Uh, can can the biomarker, uh, you know, um, um, uh, tell us something about like a new intervention if it will do something? Okay, so um, um, are you targeting to provide service to other companies or develop by yourself cures based on the biomarkers you will find? Uh, yeah, so we are developing uh, ourselves. We are developing uh, rejuvenation therapies. Uh, so we, of course, uh, want to use it uh, for ourselves, but we also want eventually uh, to sell it to, um, to service um, researchers, other companies, and even you know private people that, that are interested in, uh, in aging, that are uh, trying to do something about their, their aging. And, Okay, so, and like uh, you mentioned the rejuvenation technology, so can you elaborate about uh, what are you focusing about at uh, Thenatrix? So we are working in the, uh, something that's called uh, rejuvenation by reprogramming. So let me explain, uh, explain a little bit about the, um, uh, this approach and um, how it came to be. So, you know, when you talk, you're talking about aging, you're talking about an organism that uh, starts young and eventually getting all the functionality is uh, decreasing, um, the tissues, the cells are uh, starting to, uh, to work uh, um, less good, you know, the, we're starting to lose the ability to recover from uh, injuries and, and uh, to uh, fix uh, damages. And if you look at nature, uh, you can see that, uh, the, uh, that nature has, uh, has an idea on how to, to take, you know, uh, old cell and make it to a young cell. And we do it uh, all the time. Because every time that a, a new um, human is born, a new organism is born, eventually what happens is an old germline germ cells from the uh, parents are getting together to create a, you know, the zygote and the new, uh, uh, the new organism uh, is young again. So nature has a trick. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that I, I need to explain a little bit about like stem cells, somatic cells, yeah. uh, to explain this. Okay, is it okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, if it will, it will, uh, like, we want to understand like how exactly your approach is uh, uh, working. So if it's uh, touching the stem cells and everything, then it's, uh, it's good you will uh, explain. Yeah, for sure. So our body is uh, composed of about like 10 trillion cells and uh, they are divided to um, a lot of different uh, kind of cells. 
that are doing a very uh, different kind of, uh, of, uh, of stuff. You know, we have, we have, uh, we have a skin cell mm-hmm. with the functionality of a skin cell. We have a muscle cell that can contract and expand. We have a new one cells uh, which can uh, uh, move uh, signals uh, in our brain. So each of these uh, tentrilate cells has its identity and the very uh, defined things that it needs to be doing. But all of the cells are originating from one cell, from the uh, uh, sperm cell and egg that are uh, combining and the zygote uh, that is uh, created. Um, so in the first phases of development, uh, we have mostly stem cells. So stem cell is a cell that can be, uh, that is, uh, uh, its functionality is not yet defined and it can become, can differentiate and become um, a more, um, uh, a more, uh, it can become to, uh, can become another cell and more defined and more functional cell. So, the only the early uh, the early cells in the embryo are totipotent, and then you have pluripotent and multipotent, and then you have somatic cells. So, pluripotent cells are actually uh, stem cells that can become any cell in any tissue. Uh, multipotent cells are stem cells with less potential, and they can just uh, differentiate and become uh, and become, uh, let's say. Hematopoietic stem cell can become um, every type of uh, blood cell. And somatic cells are cells with a final identity. And they can't, uh, they can't uh, uh, become another cell or, or become a stem cell again. So um, in uh, uh, Reproduction embryogenesis. What's happened is that uh, a very defined cell, the germ cell, the the, the germline cells, the egg, and the sperm cell, are uh, becoming the zygote. And then you have uh, a few steps. You have um, erasing of all of, all of the epigenetic information. The cells are uh, becoming um, totipotent and pluripotent, and after that, uh, they can they they are slowly gradually uh, assuming uh, more defined identities. And what's happening is is not only that you uh, that uh, one type of cells become. Uh, another type of cells become a cell that can be uh, with the potential to 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 do everything, to become everything, to, uh, to be everything eventually. And not only that the identity is changing, you can uh, you can call it like a, a reset of the program that runs in the cells. So this is the reprogramming uh, part of it. So this happens, and also the age of the cells is also resetting. So you have an old cell, and then it loses the identity, the identity becomes um, a totipotent cell, a pluripotent cell, and it also, uh, an old 70 years uh, 
cells that becomes a zero age cell. So this is like a, the natural rejuvenation uh, therapy, which happens every time that uh, an organism reproduces. And it turns out uh, that you can actually uh, take a somatic cell, a very um, a differentiated, a de uh, with a defined function cell, and make it pluripotent, make it a stem cell again. And you can do it by using the four Yamanaka factors, which are four uh, genes, uh, transcription factors that, uh, that are uh, um, that, that were discovered in 2006. And if you take the cell and treat it with the four factors, it becomes eventually, some of the cells becomes uh, a pluripotent stem cell, become iPSC induced pluripotent stem cells. And turns out that when you do it, the age is also resetting. You take an old skin cell, you, you take a skin cell from a young person or an old person, doesn't matter. After you do the reprogramming thing and the cell become uh, pluripotent, it also becomes uh, a zero age cell. Yeah, and like when you do it, don't you need like to, let's say if someone who is already 60 comes to you to do it, in order to do this uh, intervention, don't you need like the, the original, <clears throat> you said it's losing its identity somehow and through time, more yeah. and more. So isn't the gap between how it looks in the beginning to a 60 person, 16 year, years old, person is, uh, isn't it like uh, the gap is, do, is too big for uh, restoring it? Like, don't you need the, the, the original uh, DNA? So actually, um, sorry, the, the, as we are, uh, uh, you know, the, doing development, this, the, the identity of the cells uh, becomes more and more fixed in that regard. So identity of the cells, I'm, I'm, what I mean by identity of the cell is the functions that the cell can do. So a skin cell can do the functions of a skin cell and it can do any, any other cell function, okay? So the identity of a skin cell is fixed. So during development, the identity becomes more and more fixed. And, uh, and during aging, uh, something else is going on, and uh, the the systems uh, of in the cells are becoming less coherent. The epigenetic information uh, uh, becomes uh, um, less. The, the um, I would say. It's less controlled as the way it should be, okay? And when you take a cell from a 60 years old person, a skin cell from a 60, a 60 years old person, the DNA in the cell is the same DNA that was in the beginning, but the uh, information be above the DNA, which is the epigenetic information, is changed. It's now a well-defined cell, and it also has the uh, the aging process did also something to the epigenetic information. It's less uh, functional than 
less functional than, than before. And when you do the reprogramming, the cell loses its identity and become a stem cell and the epigenetic information that was lost uh, in the aging process is also uh, resetting. So you could have, uh, you actually, you could have thought that, uh, you know, after, after a cell is aged and there's no way to, to get it back to its initial uh, state, but you can. The problem is when you do it, you also lose the identity of the cell. So if you try to, uh, you know, treat a person with the OSKM factors, uh, you will take uh, uh, you, you will take someone and make all these cells and early stem cells, then the cells loses all the functionality. Uh, it does uh, uh, development of uh, tumors, teratomas, and stuff like that. So you can't really uh, do this to a living organism. But it turns out that you can uh, do, you can um, uh, use this process to take the cells a little bit back in time and not change the, their identity too much. Okay, so you want to, what you want to do is uh, um, decouple the two processes, the process when the cell is changing the identity and the process when the cell is changing its age. So what the researchers uh, did is uh, use this uh, uh, reprogramming process, use OSKM, but instead of applying it until the end, until the uh, cell is going from a somatic cell to a pluripotent stem cell, uh, maybe do it partially, okay? And turns out that you can do it, uh, you cannot, you can do it uh, um, uh, for, uh, you can do it partially, you cannot, you can do it with not completing the uh, reprogramming. The cells are going back to the, uh, to their identity. So a skin cell is going back to be a regular skin cell, but you, but the age is uh, uh, going back a little. Okay, so you have a rejuvenation effect. And there's actually a pretty good results from cell cultures and even in uh, animals in the mice. And what we are trying to do, sorry. Sounds amazing, like uh, it opens a lot of uh, possibility to, to make uh, really good interventions. And yeah, actually what we are trying to do is really a work on this, uh, to separate the identity uh, change from the age change. We're trying to uh, come up with new ways uh, uh, to do it more safely and use uh, other factors um, and to change the uh, to change the best we can do in resetting the age with minimum change to the identity of the cells. Mm -hmm. And is that process will be available to other companies to use? No, this is uh, something that we are developing uh, okay. internally. And of course, we, we hope that uh, um, some actual therapies will go out of this. And we can, we would invest it from, you know, from the lab to in vivo uh, studies and eventually to uh, rejuvenate uh, tissues. And in the end, maybe a whole 
human being. Okay. So uh, I have a cultural uh, question for you. Like uh, many scientists like a, a little bit ashamed to say that uh, or even uh, like not only ashamed, like uh, de- uh, deny doing it, like uh, to say I'm dealing with aging as science. Why do you think it's like this? So first I must say um, I don't have too many years of experience in, within the academy. So I can't speak from a, a proper scientific uh, perspective. Uh, but yeah, this is changing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the aging research is becoming more and more um, mainstream um, science, mainstream uh, biology. And you can see that uh, a lot of, you see the good, uh, very uh, um, uh, high uh, ranking journals like Nature and The Lancet um, opening a new journals that, of, that focuses on aging. So it's good news, okay? Uh, more and more uh, scientists are uh, working directly on aging and more and more, uh, the, the field is getting more and more recognition. But yeah, you're right. There's there's a uh, there's still a problem. There's still um, you know. I think a lot of scientists will work where the uh, grants are when the budget is. So um, when you can get uh, you can get grants for studying you know a specific disease and a specific pathway much more easily than studying aging, which is still very hard, you will do this. Um, there's also the, maybe the philosophical question, should we intervene in the aging process that people are still debating uh, uh, for some reason? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do believe that it's changing. Uh, I think it's becoming more and more um, mainstream and accepted. I can tell you uh, something from uh, my experience when I talk to people about my work and what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, that the reaction I get is uh, very, very uh, correlated with the age of the person. So if I talk to someone, uh, let's say a 50, uh, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60, then I think 90% of the people will react uh, with something like, uh, okay, when can I get the... Uh, the treatment when can I get can I get into the uh, clinical trial and when I speak to uh, 20 years old and uh, 30 I get some some people are very excited and okay this is very interesting and, and uh, very exciting but you you get a lot of uh, reactions like uh, do we really want to uh, uh, intervene with the aging process uh, we already have too, too many people in the planet and we don't want to do uh, live too much, and there's, a, there's still a. Um, I think the a lot of people don't understand what it's mean uh, to to age, and what it means to intervene in the age process. Uh, people hear aging, they don't always automatically hear all the aging diseases, you know, heart diseases, cancer, Alzheimer's, all the nasty stuff, all the suffering, all the hospitals. Uh, the 20 plus pills that your uh, grandmother needs to take every day uh, just to survive. Um, I think people 
still not connecting between aging and all of this. And yeah, I hope it will uh, become uh, uh, more and more clear. Yeah, sounds to me like those who don't have time <laughs> are not entering into the philosophical questions and those who have time want to explain you <laughs> every yeah you know if you if you're 50 years old and the clock is ticking and you're starting to feel your body uh, function a little less uh, and you start to have some medical problems you need to take studies and other pills and stuff like that and, uh, then you 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 don't have time to wonder the philosophical questions about uh, Yeah. Um, but actually you know the philosophical question is not that hard because if you can slow down the aging process and we can um, eliminate I think a lot most of the suffering in the world right now is due to aging is due to age-related diseases and so for me it's not it's not a hard philosophical question if I can do something about it if I can uh, eliminate a lot of the suffering of like low the rates of, uh, of age-related disease by targeting the aging process, then it's a no-brainer. No yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so like you. The more, the more I speak with the scientists I, that are in this field, I believe so too. Like uh, at the end, of, the end of the day, why treat any other disease? Like, about eliminating suffer or saving the lives if it's um, yeah absolutely. absolutely otherwise like if we start to do selections of what we treat and what not it's, it's not a good so we would we would chase in uh, our own tail because let's say we fix all the current diseases still aging process is still going on uh We will have new problems okay yeah so and then we will need to uh, fix those and then we have new problems so instead of just um, tackling each problem at a time and chasing ourselves we should address the main issue which is the age aging process itself and uh, the last question to sum it up like uh, are you recruiting people how how big is your company and Yeah, so we have uh, approximately 30 employees oh. at the moment. Some of them in the lab, some of them are bioinformatics and data science. And I don't want to, um, um, to say to, in this uh, opportunity that to anyone who listens, if you are um, a biologist, if you are, if you are a bioinformatician, if you're a data scientist, And you're interested in the field and you want to, you want to do something about that and you live in Israel because uh, most of our players are still in Israel and then uh, you're more than welcome to approach us uh, you can uh, go into our website it's centarix.com uh, and we have the we have info mail right there and we have a contact page so uh, feel free to contact us to contact us And we'll be very happy to uh, did, did some of your uh, data scientists let's say did not come from uh, biology before yeah so one of our data scientists is uh, 
from the from uh, computer engineering. Yeah, it's open. It's a new field. Uh, it's a new dawn. <laughs> Everything yeah. is open. Yeah. Okay, it's like, and maybe like, what would you advise uh, young Yitzhak today? How to start the, the journey? <laughs> um, yeah, I would say seize, seize the opportunity. Uh, work on something that is uh, important, exciting, and just go for it. Okay. Thank you, Itzhak. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, it was a pleasure, and I hope we are starting here, like uh, we're starting to accelerate the industry in Israel. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so too. There's not too many of us here in Israel, and it needs to be more. In this field. Yeah, in this field, yeah, of course. You know, we have the, the, whole, uh, the whole high-tech sector and billions of dollars are just... Uh, rolling down the streets, basically. And everyone is, uh, wants to get into this, uh, to the high tech. And we need, to, we need to have something like that in biotech and especially in aging. We need to have good people, uh, the most uh, um, excellent and, and talented people working on this problem, which is a huge problem. And uh, we will not do it uh, without it. So yeah, I hope, hope to be... Yeah, we, we will be just a, you know, one of the very first and be much bigger in the future. Okay, yeah. thank so you. Thank you, Gil. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. My pleasure, too.